0: Welcome to Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. Firstline brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I encourage you to seek the advice of a physician, a DO, or an MD, with any concerns or questions you have about your symptoms or medical conditions. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about... How First Line has been doing this year. I recently had access to Spotify Wrapped for podcasters, which is pretty similar to if you listen to music on Spotify, they give you a wrap for 2022 and they say what your most listened song was and what genres were most listened to and things like that. So they have something similar for podcasters that have their podcast on Spotify, which First Line is available on Spotify. So I wanted to share some really exciting numbers with you. So first of all, in 2022, I created 1,212 minutes of new content. So that's that's a lot. It sounds like a lot compared to other podcasts, because this just sounds like a big number for most people. Compared to other podcasts in the health and fitness category, I produced more content than 94% of those other podcasts. So, that puts me in the top 6% based off of minutes of content created. And the fact that I'm able to do this while being a full-time medical student is something that I'm pretty proud of. Also, it let me know about my most listened to episode, and this was my episode entitled Personality Disorders, Paranoid, Schizoid, and Schizotypal, and according to Spotify, that episode got 878% more streams than my average episode, so that episode did very well, and what that tells me is that you, my listeners, are really interested in more of the personality type and mental health type episodes, so that's something that's really good to know going into 2023. On Spotify, First Line was listened to in 25 countries. In the top five countries were the United States, Australia, Denmark, Canada, and Sweden, which is not what I would have guessed, but is very interesting to me. So thank you if you're listening from one of those countries. And an interesting statistic was that First Line was in the top 10% of podcasts that were shared the most on a global scale. So this is shares on Instagram, Facebook, and other places as well in the top 10% of podcasts. That's amazing. So thank you for sharing and please continue to share with friends and family, wh- whoever you think might benefit from listening to the episode. So this is really cool. I, I'm so happy that you all continue to listen to First Line and I hope that you continue to support me into the new year as well. Another thing I started looking at is how well First Line is doing in countries all over the world as far as ranking in the category of medicine. And when I did check this a little less than a week ago, First Line was ranked 29 out of all podcasts in medicine in Hong Kong. So if you're listening from Hong Kong, thank you so much. That's amazing that I'm in the top 30 most listened to podcasts in the medicine category. I'm also in the top 100 in Uganda. I'm in the top 200 in Sweden and France. So thank you so much. Of course, it's my dream to eventually also rank in the top 200 in the United States as well. These rankings are very promising, and again, thank you so much if you're from one of these countries and listening. When I first made First Line, I definitely targeted to the United States, so it's really cool to see that people all over the world are listening to what I have to say. So, thank you so much. And as a personal update for me, I just finished last week doing all of my rotations for. The fall semester. So now I officially have one more semester of medical school left until I'm a doctor, and that is super exciting to say out loud. I am taking the next two or three weeks to do a bunch of interviews, like the majority of my residency interviews, and then I'm going to be traveling for the holidays, for Christmas and New Year's, but I will be continuing to upload content as always every Monday. So, on to the episode. So, the last two rotations I did were in emergency medicine and family medicine. And so, this was in November and December. And During both of these rotations, I saw a lot of people with upper respiratory infections, people coming in with cough, congestion, sneezing, runny nose, fever, all of these, you know, winter illness symptoms that are definitely going around in these winter months. So a lot of people come in and seek attention and they ask, things like, do I need to be put on antibiotics? What what kind of over-the-counter things should I use? Do I need to even be seen by a doctor about this, or is it just the common cold and I can just let it be? So these are all great questions, and that's why I wanted to cover this topic in its own episode. I have had a previous episode that was on the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine, but this episode is really focusing on the symptoms of upper respiratory illnesses, especially the flu. Also, what to do about it if you think you have the flu. And so, I just hope that this clears some of it up. So, starting out with the flu. The flu is a viral infection that is typically during the winter months, and really the fall and the winter. And it is contagious. You can spread it to other people. And the virus itself frequently mutates. And this leads to a lot of different subtypes and strains. And that's why we need a new vaccine every year, because there's a lot of mutations going on that really changes the virus so that if you were immune to it before, or if you even got the flu the year before, you're not going to be immune to whatever the new flu strain is the next year. Patients often have fever, headache, body aches, joint pain, cough, and just a general feeling of illness that we refer to as malaise. And the diagnosis of the flu is typically made based off of the clinical presentation. So that really means what symptoms you have, how long they've been lasting, kind of the progression of symptoms, just the entire story is enough for doctors to say you have the flu. So usually an upper respiratory swab can be used as a test for the flu, but it's really not necessary. Symptoms are typically self-limited, and that really means that they will spontaneously go away without any sort of intervention. So therefore, with the flu, most people are told to just treat their symptoms that are causing them issues. So if they really have a high fever, they'll take medication to decrease the fever. If they have a really bad cough, they might take some cough suppressants. But typically, you're not going to use anything that directly impacts the flu virus. In very limited cases, antiviral medications can be used for people that have a high risk of having complications of the flu, like pneumonia. So this is usually people that are older adults and adults with COPD or asthma where they might have more complications from the flu. But this is very rarely used for the majority of people, the vast majority of people who get the flu, this would not be used, and it's not necessary to use. And like I said, the flu is contagious, so to decrease the spread of the flu, you want to use good hand hygiene. You want to wear a mask because droplets can spread the flu. And then, of course, the ultimate prevention for the flu is getting the flu vaccine so that you don't have to deal with this really miserable illness. And the flu isn't just transmitted through coughing or sneezing. It can also be transmitted through contamination of surfaces. If you are sick with the flu, you don't want to share belongings with someone who isn't sick. And you usually want to kind of quarantine yourself so that you're not too close to other people because you can certainly get them sick. In about 75% of cases, people might not have any symptoms or they might have really mild symptoms, whereas other people will have very characteristic symptoms of the flu like the ones I mentioned. And typically, there's going to be an incubation period starting out that lasts a few hours or up to a few days. And this is just when There's incubation, so no symptoms yet. And then there is a very sudden onset of a fever, headache, chills, joint pain, body aches, fatigue, and that general feeling of being ill. And some people will have a cough, but a lot of times people won't have any cough. But usually if they do have a cough, the cough is going to be dry. Perhaps sometimes there can be small amount of clear sputum, but most of the time it is dry. So if you think that you might have the flu, what should you do? So if you ha- were exposed to someone else who had the flu and then your symptoms started, then it's it's pretty reasonable to assume that you have the flu too. So that doesn't necessarily mean you need to see a doctor or go to the emergency room. Unless you have risk factors like being older age, having a lot of comorbidities, so having other chronic diseases that might make your course of the flu worse. If you're otherwise healthy and you can breathe okay and you don't feel like you're getting lightheaded and you're still able to take in fluids, then it's perfectly reasonable to just stay home and treat yourself. So again, this is not medical advice. It really does depend on you as an individual. If you're not sure, reach out to your doctor, but if you are otherwise healthy and you have a lot of these symptoms of the flu, then you can manage it with treating symptoms. So with any illness, it's always good for To have rehydration. So make sure you're getting a lot of fluids in and making sure you're getting electrolytes in too. So maybe something like Pedialyte or even Gatorade will help to replenish your electrolytes as well as fluid intake. So you want to treat the symptoms, like I said. So, one is if you have a fever or if you have pain that is really just making you miserable, then you can use some over the counter medications. So, for example, acetaminophen, which the brand name of that is Tylenol. You can also use ibuprofen, and some of the brand names for that is Advil and Motrin. And if you have any sort of liver impairment or kidney impairment, then please talk to your doctor before trying either of these medications. A lot of people, if they are told that they have liver issues, they might be told to avoid Tylenol. And if someone has kidney issues, they might be told to avoid ibuprofen. Another thing you might consider with treating your symptoms is to use a cough suppressant if you have that dry cough. For that, you can also use things over-the-counter. One is called Benzonatate and the brand name for that is Teslan Pearls. You can also use dextromethorphan, and some of the brand names for those include Robitussin and Dayquil. Of course, you always want to watch out for complications of influenza. So again, this is probably going to affect people that are older than 65 or children that are younger than 5. people with chronic medical conditions. So what to look out for is pneumonia. So typically you'll have more of a productive cough with a whitish yellowish sputum and this usually occurs after having the flu. After you start to improve and then all of a sudden you get worse and for that you would want to receive medical attention. Complications Also include an ear infection or a sinus infection, so just be on the lookout for ear pain or sinus pain getting worse after a period of starting to get better. To prevent the flu, the best thing that you can do is get the flu vaccine, and that's typically made available by the end of October, so you can get those now. It will still have a benefit To you because there is several more months left of winter when flu is going around and you can be exposed. And even if you've never had the flu in the past and you've never had the flu vaccine in the past and you've never gotten sick, it really doesn't matter. It could still happen to you. It doesn't mean that you have some kind of resistance to it. You don't. You need the vaccine to provide resistance to that. So, Even if your track record's good, it really doesn't matter. It just takes one exposure to cause the flu. The common cold is also a self-limiting infection, so it resolves spontaneously, and it also affects the upper respiratory tract like the flu does, and it occurs about the same time in fall and winter. And like the flu, The common cold is a viral infection, so that means that antibiotics are not used for the common cold or for the flu because these are viruses, and antibiotics only work against bacterial infections. So with the common cold, you will usually get nasal discharge, nasal congestion, and coughing. And like the flu, diagnosis is usually made clinically based off of the symptoms and this story about the pattern of onset of symptoms. Treatment is very similar. It focuses on treating the symptoms instead of the underlying cause, since you don't really need to treat the underlying cause since it does resolve on its own. So really, you just want to make yourself more comfortable while you're getting over this virus. And like the flu, the common cold can lead to pneumonia that can occur after, but this is not very common at all. It can be caused by many different viruses, so this makes it different from the flu. Rhinovirus is the most common, but also parainfluenza can cause the common cold as well as adenovirus, and that's the virus that's associated with pink eye. And then RSV or respiratory syncytial virus, that. Infection is also referred to as the common cold. And this is transmitted similarly as the flu with respiratory droplets, so coughing and sneezing. And how long do these symptoms last? So they really do last for about a week, but the cough can persist a little bit longer, even up to three weeks. And from those symptoms of congestion and runny nose and coughing and sneezing, you can get other kind of secondary symptoms like a sore throat from post-nasal drip. You can have hoarseness in your voice. You can also have fever, but that's actually pretty uncommon. A lot of people will not have a fever. And then just that general feeling of illness as well as fatigue you can experience with the common cold. And... You really don't need to see a doctor for the common cold since you really only treat it by the symptoms, and those medications can be bought over-the-counter, so you don't need a prescription for an antibiotic, for example. But if you do see a doctor because you're concerned about this, they will make sure to listen to your lungs to make sure that you don't have pneumonia. And so, with the common cold, your lungs should sound okay when they listen to them, whereas if someone had pneumonia, that could be able to be picked up. And like I said, there is a a swab that you can do for the flu, but for the common cold, this usually isn't done unless there's concern for RSV. A lot of times it's very easy to swab for flu, RSV, COVID, kind of all at once. So a lot of times that will be used, but definitely not all of the common cold viruses are going to be checked. So again, treatment is very similar. You want to stay hydrated, you can use things like acetaminophen, Tylenol or NSAIDs like ibuprofen, Motrin, Advil for fever or for pain. And also with the common cold, since it usually has more congestion than the flu might have, you can also use a uh, decongestant such as oxymetazoline, which is a nasal spray, or something like chlorpheniramine which is an allergy tablet. Both of those can kind of help with those symptoms. And for both the flu and the common cold, I have seen a lot of patients try guaifenesin or mucinex over the counter to help out with thinning the mucus. So that helps with both cough and congestion. And that works for a lot of patients as well. So, Both flu and the common cold, those are the ones that are most often going to appear in the winter months. Of course, COVID is still going around, and to speak on all of the symptoms of COVID would really deserve its own episode, so I'll just briefly mention it here. But really, I think the big takeaway here is that these are viruses that go away with time. So really the only thing that you need to do for them is to treat the symptoms so you don't feel miserable for so long. Up to you if you want to go see your doctor with your symptoms, but if you're otherwise healthy, you really don't need to do that. You can just stay home, self-quarantine, and take some over-the-counter medications. I know sometimes people go to their doctor's office even just to receive a sick note, so that's a different story, but just know that they're not going to offer you antibiotics. They're probably going to recommend some of these over-the-counter medications that I recommended here, and also I have seen a lot of patients come into the emergency room with these symptoms. So, just want to say that I think going to your doctor's office is much more appropriate for this unless you're very concerned that you might have pneumonia and you have a lot of comorbidities, chronic diseases that you're worried about being exacerbated by this illness. And if you're over the age of 65, I think it is a good idea to go see a doctor. But again, please know that this is not meant to be medical advice. It's meant to just bring you awareness to these illnesses that you are likely to experience yourself or someone in your family is likely to experience. So I think it helps to know a little bit more about it and know the rationale of some of these treatment options and why other treatment options are not typically used. So I hope this was educational for you and I will talk to you next week. Let me know that you like First Line. If you are listening on Spotify, tap the star to rate the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down and tap to rate or write a review. Thank you so much for your support. You can follow Firstline on Instagram at Firstline Podcast or on Facebook facebook.com slash firstline podcast stay tuned for a new episode every monday